This is the Walk Away FBA podcast, where we talk about how to stop building Amazon's business through FBA and start building your own business. I am your host, Joshua Esters. If you like this podcast, follow this podcast, share this podcast. Let's get started. All right. So first and foremost, I want to thank you guys for being patient with me. I didn't record a uh, a full podcast last week. You know, I had a surprise. Um, I had a I had a surprise shipment. One of my Q4 shipments come in um, early, so I was really excited about that. So I had to make sure I I handled that situation um, and and get that squared away because the the earlier the better. So I had to put all of my focus into that. All right. So here here we are. You know, here we are. It's it's October and it's it uh, last month. Obviously, September was my second month hitting 10,000 second month in a row hitting 10,000 in sales off Amazon. So. What I'm going to do is, is similar to how I did in the, how I did in the previous podcast about hitting 10,000. 10, I'm going to break down the different platforms, um, maybe get, give give a little um, give a little you know background on how how the month went on that particular platform, um, and then I'm going to get into how how I did it and how you can. Um, how you can replicate it. You know, I learned a whole lot. I learned a whole lot within this past year and a half before I started on the journey of um, selling multiple on multiple platforms. You know, people, you know, people kind of thought I was crazy or or um, or doing something unnecessary. You know, Um, you guys, uh, if you're Amazon sellers or, or, you know, any kind of online seller, you're probably you're probably in a group, you know, Facebook groups and stuff like that. And when I talked about these things in the Facebook group, you know, um, you know, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, I didn't, I didn't get bad reactions when I talked about how I wanted to, uh, make my Amazon business 30% of my entire business. They just thought like, well, they, you know, people were just saying, well, I don't see a problem. You know, you know, it's Amazon. I don't see a problem with what's happening. Um, and you know, and and you know something like when when coronavirus hit um i was actually in the clear because i had almost nothing in fba at that time and that was a bad time when when coronavirus hit to have you know products in fba um because all the different things that amazon was amazon was doing with people's products but you know i i kind of just saw it um I I, kind of saw the future in a way in terms of how things are going to play out if people continue to have a fully Amazon business, uh, Amazon FBA business. It it's there's there's just so many different um, things that can go wrong. You know, some people can, you know, some people can, you know, afford for things to go wrong. You know, Um, but, you know, me, I'm, I'm trying to build a business and I noticed that every time. You know, I ran into different problems with FBA. It kind of just took me off my game a little bit because I had to take my attention off of, off of money making activities 
to try to figure out the problems, right? To try to figure out, oh, you know, they lost my inventory. Now I got to put in these, uh, I have to spend time putting in, a, putting in an invoice and giving them the information that they need to, to uh, research, you know, my lost inventory. And then, you know, um, if, uh, if they don't check in, and if they don't check in all of my units in FBA, I have to make sure I double check and make sure they're, uh, you know, they're receiving everything I'm sending. So, so, I mean, all of that kind of babysitting, it's not really babysitting, but all of that, um, you know, having to stop and, and make sure Amazon was doing what they were supposed to do. Because at one point I kind of just trusted them, you know, it's, it's Amazon. So I just kind of trusted that they would do everything right. Um, but, but, uh, obviously, you know, they don't, you know? Um, so it, it, I wasn't really good at um, making sure they did everything right because sometimes it can get a little complicated in terms of all the different metrics and, and, and the different things you have to look at to, to make sure that, you know, what they say they're going to do is what they're doing. Um, you know, I can go, I could kind of go off on a tangent, but let's let's get into what I'm what I'm really here to talk about. So so, um, you know, uh I had a I had a month uh, September which was very similar to August and um and I'm kind of stepping back right now to try to to try to evaluate you know what's going on you know because I'm kind of like at this plateau it feels like it feels like I'm getting the same results, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm trying to get better results now. Now that's not a, uh, and, and that's not a, I'm, I'm kind of generalizing the, the whole month, but you know, there were some areas in my business that, um, that, that went well in terms of, um, in terms of like an advancement from the previous month. But for the most part, you know, um, the the results were, you know, my sales. So my sales were pretty much the same um, as the previous month. But let's get into it. So eBay. Um, on eBay, uh, so I, I sold on, I sold on all of the platforms for the most part. eBay, Etsy, Poshmark, Macari, and Amazon. So I do have Amazon sales, but I'm not calculating that into my ten thousand. So I sold $5,193.37 on eBay. So $5,193.37, which was very similar to the month before. And um, I looked, I looked at the, I looked at my, uh, my, my analytics on eBay and I was only up 2% from the previous month. So very similar, um, very similar in sales, right? Uh, Etsy, Etsy, you know, Etsy's where, where a lot of my attention is going to, and it's a very viable, viable, um, viable, viable platform for me. Um, I did $3,499 in sales, which I think was about, about the same as last month. I think I did it between 3,000 and you know, I did between three thousand and thirty four hundred last month or the month before, which was August. Uh, so kind of similar, you know, um, let, let me step back just a second. So eBay, 
I did $5,193.37 and I sold 131 units or 131 orders, excuse me, 131 orders, because some of those orders may have been bundles or something like that. So 131 orders, I don't know how many units, that, that probably came out to be about maybe 140 units to, to 140 units if you add in the different bundles that I, prob- I probably sold during the month of September. Um, Etsy, $3,499. I sold uh, 84 units. Poshmark was almost the same to a T. You know, I, I remember Poshmark. I did like $1,500 in sales um, in August. September, I did 1469 and I sold 37 units. Um, um, you know, it's not really a big player for me, but you know, I still do sell in Macari. I did, uh, I remember I did like $500 in sales in August. I did $733 in sales in September. I'm not really too concerned about Macari, you know, um, I'm not too concerned about it, but I do sell on it for, for certain reasons. Um, and that was, uh, 21 units. All right. So, um, if I add all of that together, I get $10,895 and 74 cents and a total, uh, total number of orders would be, uh, 273. All right. So let me let, let's let's go down the list a little bit. Um, so eBay, I have I have some challenges on eBay in the sense that I'm still figuring out how to take it to the next level because I I have been pretty consistent with five thousand dollars in sales, which is not that great, but something's happening on eBay where I'm getting. Um, I'm getting less views on my products. You know, if I look at my analytics, my, uh, it, it, you know, it tells you how many, they call them impressions. So impressions are, um, how many times do, does your products show up when a person, you know, is scrolling, you know, if they're on their, if they're on their phone, they're scrolling, right? So how many, uh, how many times your products are seen during that scroll, that's the best way I can explain it. And then my, uh, and then the, I think the next one is called visits. Visits are when people click on your listing, right? So those two metrics have been pretty much down for the past couple of months. Um, I am seeing, uh, I am seeing a lot better conversion, however, so I'm seeing a lot better conversion. So could the conversion on eBay and kind of similar to all the other platforms is pretty much the percentage of sales, um, the percentage of the percentage of sales over uh, visits. Is it over visits or over impressions? I think it's um, I think it's sales divided by impressions. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's sales divided by impressions. And the reason why I, 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 I believe that to be true is because, you know, the percentage, you know, when you divide it, the uh, when you divide that out, you, you know, you get a percentage and it's very it's, it's, it's very low. You know, it's like one percent. So my conversion is one percent. 
1.2% on eBay. And um, that's, you know, because my sales were 131 and 131 is 1% of like a million or something like that, 100,000 or something like that, right? So so your impressions are usually going to be really high because you're showing up just just people scrolling. Um, And then, you know, the number of visits, people who visit your listing, um, that's a different that's a different uh, um, calculation. But anyways, so my conversion, you know, maybe three, four, five, six months ago, I remember seeing it at, at like 0.6, and, um, and my conversions are, my conversion rates are, you know, 20, 30 times higher. You know, it's 1.2%, 1.4%. So if you look at it that way, it actually, the number of impressions that I'm getting becomes less significant if more people who are clicking my products are actually buying them, you know? So my, my main concern is, is conversion. How many, um, how many sales do I get per impression, you know, or, or per visit, you know? Um, you know what? I'm, I'm, I think I have that wrong. I think I have the conversion calculation wrong. It's either, Sales, the, the total number of sales divided by divided by impressions or total number of sales divided by visits. It's one of the two. I have to look it up again. But anyways, um, so when, you, when I look at it that way, it does show that um, I am providing something people want. Right. If if I'm getting more sales per, you know, per person who's visiting my uh, who sees my products or visiting my store. So when you look at it that way, you know, you know, that, that looks, that, that looks kind of good, you know, but I'm, um, I'm constantly thinking of how do I, you know, take it to the next level because just, you know, the reality is the more people who see my stuff, the more sales I'm going to make. It's just, it's, that's, that's just how the math is going to play out. Um, so if I can get more views and more visits, I get more sales. And I, you know, and, I, and, and now that I think about it, now that I'm talking about it uh, out loud, I, I, I think part of the reason why my impressions and visits have been lower than previous months is I, I carry fewer products on eBay than I did four or five months ago. You know, um, I usually have like between, you know, anywhere between 90 and 100, 120 um, listings on eBay, but I've been on the lower side. I've been on the lower side of that spectrum recently. So that may have something to do with it. So once I increase my, my listings, my number of listings, maybe that increased my views, maybe that Maybe that increased my impressions, excuse me, and then that increased my visits, and then that increased my sales. You know, um, you know. So, so I'll work on that. Uh, Etsy, however, Etsy, I did like I like I said, I did thirty five, I did three thousand four hundred ninety nine dollars in sales, um, eighty four units, which was very similar to the previous month. Um. um yeah, it's just it's just very similar. I mean, I I didn't make any. Um, I I did do a few things differently. Like I added I added a few new newer products, 
Um, some things that I saw do well on eBay, I cross-posted on Etsy and, and to see what happened and, and, um, and yeah, and then I, and I, I made sales on those products. Um, one thing I am noticing, excuse me, is, um, Etsy, Etsy, Etsy has, I get better reach. I get, I'm still trying to figure it out, but it seems like I I have like better organic reach, um, better organic reach on Etsy because my, um, my conversion on Etsy, um, is about, um, 1.4%. So it's about the same as eBay. So, but, but if you compare, if you compare the number of, um, uh, if you compare the number of, the number of times people see my products on eBay versus Etsy on, on eBay, it's like a hundred times, you know, like I get like a couple million impressions on, uh, eBay and, I don't get anywhere close to that. I get probably about maybe uh, I get like 10,000 impressions. Um, the, the equivalent, the equivalent, of, the equivalent of impressions on eBay for Etsy. Uh, I get about 10,000. I get about 10,000 uh, impressions on Etsy. And it's, it's not called impressions on Etsy. I, I'm blanking on the name, but the the number represents the same thing. Um, I get about 10,000 or I got about 10,000 in the month of September. The number of visits to my uh, listings on Etsy was about 4,000. And um, and I made 84 sales. And my conversion rate is, you know, 1.4%. So, so it's, it's, it's like my reach is greater. Uh, organic reach. Um, I know that's more of a term for people who are in um, social media marketing, but I equivalate it. I I I I, um, I equate it over to the e-commerce side. Um, so so it just seems like you know because a lot of, a lot of things that I sell on eBay or a few things a few things at least I get a lot of views I get a lot of interest, uh, but I may not get a sell as fast. But then when I put that same product on Etsy, I get interest, I get views, but I get a sale faster. I'm still testing it. I'm still testing it. You know, I'm still testing it. Um, Poshmark, Poshmark is actually, you know, Poshmark is, I I still do my sharing and all that kind of stuff. And um, it is, I'm I'm glad I'm getting sales on Poshmark. I'll say that because um, you know f- for a few months it was dead for me. But this tells me this tells me that okay, people are uh, Poshmark is coming back for me. Um, it could be for a variety of reasons. I don't want to get into right now, but uh, I'm glad that it's back. And the thing about Poshmark is I I don't 
care. I don't I don't have as many products on Poshmark that I usually do or that I used to when um, when I was doing, you know, a lot more sales on Poshmark. Um, but I am seeing some interesting things, some um, I'm seeing some reasons to cons- continue to sell on Poshmark and continue to add more products on Poshmark. I'm seeing a lot, a lot of good reasons why to do that. Um, and, and I used to do, you know, two, two times, two times more than what I'm doing on Poshmark around, I guess this time last year. Um, so me seeing these sales on Poshmark tells me I can double that. I can double that within the next couple of months. And, um, and, uh, see a similar and, and see similar results that I was seeing earlier this year, late last year. So that's a good thing. So if I can double my sales on Poshmark, you know, obviously, uh, assuming everything else stays the same, you know, I increase my monthly sales and obviously increase my profits and all that kind of stuff. So, so Poshmark is kind of like the silent p- platform for me, um, where I'm like, okay, um, you know, I still have products there. Um, I'm not, um, I'm not spending most of my time on Poshmark, but spending enough time where it's like, okay, I want to make sure that, um, I want to make sure that, you know, it's, it's I want to make sure it's not me in terms of if Poshmark is going to do well for me, because if I take my products off Poshmark, then the reason why I'm not getting sales is because of me, not because of Poshmark. So I want to keep products on there to to make sure I can analyze it, uh, analyze where I should spend my and analyze to analyze if I should be spending my time on Poshmark or not. Um, um, yeah, so, you know, I just I just have I have I have high hopes that I can increase my sales on Poshmark within the next couple of months. Um, Macari. You know, it's uh, it, it's not a for me. You know, I'm I'm sure other people probably probably have other experiences, but Macari has never really been a platform where I can do fifteen hundred dollars in sales every single month. Um, you know, and um, I still sell on the platform. I still get a lot of uh, a lot of times. I I, I a lot of times I take my my um my highest price products, right? So my highest price products, I'll, I'll cross post them on all the platforms that I sell on, you know, except for, except for Amazon, obviously, but, um, but all the platforms just to increase the chances of me getting a sell relatively quickly. Right. And because of the, the, because of, because of the profit, it, it's, uh, it, as, at least for now, it's a good use of my time because of the potential profit um, that's built into the higher priced products that I sell. Right. And then also the things that are like my most popular products or my most, uh, you know, my most uh, the products that I get the most sales on, I'll put on I'll put on Macari as well, you know, just to see if I can just um, just to see if I can can just to see if I can sell more, sell more of the same thing, right, on different platforms. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't a bad month. Um, obviously, you know, 
but I do feel like I really need to, um, I really need to get it together to where I, I can, um, I can grow, grow. I want to grow on eBay. I definitely want to grow on Etsy. And um, the third place I spend most of my time is, will be will be Poshmark. Um, but I definitely want my eBay to really do well and continue to do well. So even on eBay, I um, I even subscribe to a, uh, a a store subscription to get some of the benefits of that. Um, to hopefully maybe, maybe increase my sales. I think it will. There's no real way of, maybe there is a real way of doing it, but there's no real way of, um, checking if subscribing to a store subscription will increase my sales. If it does, there's no way of checking by how much. Um, but you know, I guess I will notice it. I guess I'll notice a difference in the next month or so. Um, but one of the main reasons why I, um, uh, subscribe to a store subscription, um, not only to try to increase my sales, but just the different benefits of, uh, of having a store subscription. I did, I did a few calculations and, and, um, even, even if I was doing $5,000 a month on eBay, uh, I would still benefit from the store subscription based on, based on, you know, my business on eBay. Um, so I was able to calculate out that $5,000 a month in sales, that's like the break, uh, the breaking point where I start, um, being able to benefit, um, where, where the benefits, uh, outweigh the cost, I would say the cost of the subscription, you know, I think I paid the, um, I think I'm paying, no, uh, I am paying the, um, the basic the basic subscription, I believe, is twenty one dollars a month or something like that. Um, but but I do get the ten um, percent off of the final value fees, um, and um, for my business on Amazon, uh, excuse me, eBay, five thousand dollars in sales is that point where, it, as long as I'm hitting five thousand in sales, I am. Uh, I am saving more than I'm spending um, a month on a subscription, but I'm very excited about the eBay store actually because it does allow me to do a few things uh, with my listings, and um, hopefully that you know um, increases the the I guess the trust I guess the trust from the potential buyers, and hopefully that increases my conversions um, because of the different the different things I'm going to be doing with the. Um, with the with the um, with the different features that are allowed to me because of the basic subscription um, that I have on eBay, um, you know Etsy. My my plan is to just list more. I have the least amount of listings. I mean, I shouldn't, but I have the least amount of listings on Etsy than I have on any other platforms. I should have way more. Um, I think right now I have like 39 listings on um, Etsy, you know, opposed to I have 60 listings on Macari. I have like uh, 57 listings on Poshmark, eBay, you know, I have like 90 or something like that. But um, I have the least amount of the least amount of um, listings on Etsy. And there's a few reasons for that. 
um, my main problem that I'm having uh, overall is just running out of stock and being out of stock for a couple of weeks or a week and a half or so. I think that's actually hurting me. Like I, I, I believe that if I was in stock of of the of the things that I you know that I, that I sell pretty good, um, you know I'd probably be doing about thirteen thousand dollars in sales, maybe even twelve thousand, maybe. Um, so I'm I'm missing out. I'm missing out by not staying in stock, and that's something that I'm working on. It's not that straightforward in terms of trying to you know forecast out. Um, how much stock I should have in something. Um, and I'm trying to stay away from just, you know, I'm trying to stay away from overbuying. Um, but maybe I'm being a little too conservative. Maybe I should, you know, overbuy. Because if I overbuy, maybe I'm not actually overbuying. Uh, maybe I'm buying the right amount because I'm kind of, you know, using conservative, um, you know, conservative models, I guess you could say, to decide how many of a particular skew I'm going to order. So, so yeah, that's, that's it. You know, I, I do anticipate, you know, I'm going to be, you know, hitting 10,000 a month and, um, October, um, you know, my, my sales in October for Etsy have been going pretty well. I've been, um, uh, if I'm, if I continue at the pace that I'm going, I'll do about $4,800 in sales, um, on Etsy, you know, but we'll see that, that may not happen. But if I'm, you know, if I'm going at the pace that I'm going like the last seven days, um, last seven days is the, well, the first week, the first week of October, I already did about $1,200 in sales. Um, and if I do that every single week, then, you know, obviously I'll be hitting about 4,800. That'll be great if I do that. That'll be really good. But we'll see. So, you know, um, no, this this is all good, right? This is all good news. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can't wait to hit, you know, 15,000. That'd be my next milestone. Um, and then 20,000 and then we'll see where things go from there. But, you know, let me just, let me hit the 15,000 first, but, um, yeah, I do anticipate hitting 10,000 a month, October, November, and December because of Q4. Um, um, who knows, you know, I don't really know. We have to get there, but I do anticipate, I do anticipate it, which is really good news. Um, so, so let's, let's, um, I want to talk about, you know, um, what I want to talk about how I did this, how I got here, um, and how you, how you can do the same because, you know, this podcast is about building your own business and, um, and that, and that's basically mostly off of Amazon, right? So there's, there's three things, there's three things that you will need. All right. Three things you will need. Let me give this disclaimer real quick. You may have to listen to this part of the podcast. Um, maybe, maybe at least at least once, you know, re listen to it at least once, because honestly, what I would like for people to do 
is to just have fun with it first, right? Just have fun with it first. You know, um, pick a platform, you know, whether it's Etsy, eBay, Poshmark, Macari, and there's plenty more. You know, it could be Facebook, Marketplace. It could be, um, I, think you could, I think you could even sell on Instagram. Um, it could be uh, um, OfferUp. It can be uh, Depop. It can be, uh, I think there's this website called Kaizen. It can be... Um, it could be so many. It could be so many different platforms that are, you know, not Amazon, obviously, that um, that you can try. And I, I recommend on just just leaning towards whatever, 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 where whatever your your interest is taking you. If for some reason you wanted to try a certain platform, try that one. Um, I wouldn't I'm not going to tell you which platform you should start next, but just just have fun with it. You know, just get an account with a different platform outside of Amazon. Just get one and um and put put stuff up from your house. You know, put stuff up from your house. Like that's that's what I did when I first started was, you know, um when I first started actually I did by I, I I was doing retail arbitrage in a, in a sense, I sold um, these uh, these watches. Um, what are they called? Uh, uh, Vivo Vivo Fit. These were these uh, Vivo Fit Junior watches. Um, I was selling those on eBay and Macari, um, and that's how I got started. And then after that, I just started selling things um, on Macari from my house. I mean, I had a scanner, I had all kinds of stuff. And this was back in like January, February of uh, last year. So I had a lot of, uh, not, not a lot. I had a few returns, um, from the Q4 prior to that, uh, selling on Amazon, just a few items that, um, that I had to take out of FBA because maybe they were damaged or, um, maybe they just weren't selling on on FBA, so I had to take them back, and I would put those products up. You know, I put them up on Macari. Um, I didn't really touch eBay. I was really heavy on Macari um, for the most part, and because that that was a it was it, it was a it was an app that I just leaned into, and I really really enjoyed it. I really I had fun with it. I was I would spend actually hours on Macari. You know, just trying to figure it out, just trying to take pictures and just trying to get things right and trying to get my own little studio set up, just trying to figure things out. And and but there was no pressure, really, you know, so that's the way I actually want people to start. Just no pressure. Get get a sign up for an account with one of these platforms and then just start putting stuff up, whatever you have, because you'll be surprised. You know, I was selling Halloween, I was selling Christmas things in February and in and, and March, and that just kind of just blew my mind. You know, people wanted these things, and I was selling them, and um, um, and you know they weren't in the best condition all the time, and I was, people were still buying them, right? So, you know, just have fun with it, right? Um. I am going to lay out, like I said, there's three things you actually need to start building an actual business out of it, right? Like, like I have, um, you know, like, 
you know, I eventually graduated to this to this stage when there's actually three things that I believe you you need to really start, um, you know, building a business around the multi-channel strategy around building your business off of Amazon and and kind of carving out your own space in e-commerce. And the first one is capital. So you're going to need capital. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to, you know, you know, give a, a lot of people try to beat around the bush when it comes to um, this kind of thing. But you're going to need some capital, right? You're going to need a, uh, uh, um, you're gonna need a couple grand, you know, and if you're already an Amazon seller, you probably already have a couple grand. So um, if you're already in the Amazon space and you're already, you know, um, building your, you know, doing FBA already, um, one of the things I recommend is um, um, possibly just take it, take it, taking a few products instead of sending everything FBA, just take a few and uh, put, put them up, uh, get them listed somewhere else. You know, just so you can see, you know, if there's a viable business model in selling those things off of Amazon. Right. So you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna need capital. Now, you can do it with, you know, six hundred, five hundred dollars. You know, things would be things would be um, things would be a little slow. But like I said, that's the reason why I want people to have fun with it at the beginning and just start selling things from their house or selling damaged products that they had at Amazon FBA that they had to get back. And, and that'll help you build that capital. Or um, let, let's say if um, you, know, you already have an Amazon business and you don't really want to use your funds, you want to continue using all the funds that you have for your Amazon business. Um. But like I said, just start selling things from your house. Take that capital to invest into a uh, into the the business off of Amazon, right? So that way you kind of have a separate pile that you that you invest and reinvest over and over into that um, into that endeavor. So if you're an Amazon seller already, I don't recommend just stopping everything you're doing just to try to build a uh, business off of Amazon. You just want to have fun with it first. Just take a few things that you already have that's sitting around that you can't get around to FBA or it may not make sense to send FBA, you know, put it up somewhere else, you know, just go, just go real slow with it and, uh, uh, sign up, sign up for a, uh, sign up for an account on a platform that for, you know, that. That's just catching your eye that you're somehow interested in. Um, so you know you, you're gonna need you're gonna need a few dollars, right? Um, you know the more money you have, probably the worst to be in, in that, and 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 that's just a, that's what I just 100 believe. Um, so if you have you know a thousand, two thousand. 3000 I think that's a decent amount to get started in terms of when you're ready to turn it into a business. Um, but if you have more than that and you're trying to put it in to, uh, to building a multi-channel business or a business off of Amazon, I think that's very, very bad because you, you're more than likely going to buy more inventory or make bad buying decisions um, that, that will result into no sales. 
my whole thing is, is jumping into it incrementally because you don't know. A lot of times you don't know. Um, you don't know if something's going to sell on eBay. You don't know if it's going to sell on Amazon, uh, excuse me, on Macari or Pla uh, Poshmark or wherever else. You don't know. So I don't recommend having a whole bunch of money because you just tend to you tend to spend it if you have a whole bunch. The fewer dollars you have, the better chance you have at uh, growing a business off of Amazon um, with the strategy of building a multi-channel business. That's just what I believe. Now, one of my favorite ways to get capital, you know, so. Uh, one of my favorite, favorite ways in anybody, not anybody, but a lot of people can do this, um, is with a tax refund, right? So I know there's some people out there who's getting a couple grand during tax season. There's getting, you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine thousand dollars um, during tax time, you know. There's, it's, 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 it's no excuse why you can't find a couple of grand. There's really no excuse. You may have to save it from your job. Um, you may have to, um, you may have to borrow it. You know, that'd be the last resort that I don't recommend. It's something that I, you know, I've, I'm familiar with, but I don't recommend it too much. But, um, the the surprising thing about the whole tax refund thing is you know the the poorer you are the more likely you're going to get a huge tax refund so you know so if you are you know very low income you know don't be discouraged because you do have that in your playbook possibly you know i'm i'm speaking generally everybody's tax situation is different um, but, uh, if you're low income and if you have maybe some kids that you can, you know, claim and all that kind of stuff, that actually helps, right? That helps. Um, and the reason why this is my favorite strategy is because, you know, at one point, um, I was a tax preparer and I did taxes and, um, and it's amazing. It's amazing. The kinds of refunds that I've seen. And um, and I've seen all types of different scenarios where and why people get those refunds. And there were certain times that I even got those refunds. Um, that's how I was able to. Um, uh, I was able to. That's part partly how I was able to buy a uh, a franchise business a few years ago. Um, I used most of my uh, tax refund that I got. It was quite a bit, quite a bit, uh, quite a nice sum of money. Then I also borrowed some money to combine that. Every business that I've ever started or got into, I've never used my own money, ever, never. I've never saved money to um, uh, start a business. Um, I've, I've always used my refunds or I always used uh, credit um, that's just me. And, um, you know, the tax refund thing is obviously better because it's free money. So that's one way, you know, if you just are just so broke, you know, if you're just so broke, right. Um, you know, tax season is not, 
close, but you know, that's something to think about. But like I said, the other way you can, you can do it is, you know, um, just sell things from your house, build that, build that capital up. So you're going to need some money. In other words, you're going to need, you're going to need some money. Um, the second thing you need, the second thing you need is a niche. Okay. So you need a niche, right? So, you know, for, for, for a long time, before I even got into e-commerce, long before, this is like, you know, when I was going to college or whatever, I didn't really understand what a niche, I didn't understand what a niche was. You know, I was, I was very inexperienced. Um, I didn't, I didn't understand like, what is a, what is a niche? Like, a niche. And the thing is, when I, when I found out what it was, it's like, okay, I, I can see why that was confusing for me because even a niche, a niche can actually be a niche and a niche can actually not be a niche. All right, let's, let's try to give an example. So I'm looking at right in front of me. I have some, um, uh, I have some, what is this? Some wipes, like um, antibacterial hand wipes, okay. Um, so I'm and I'm just really thinking off the cuff right now. So bear with me. So right now, so it's antibacterial hand wipes. That's actually a niche, right? That's that's a niche. It's a niche within the category of um, of. Uh, cleaning products, right? So cleaning products is the general category and um, antibacterial hand wipes is the niche. Now, cleaning products is, is a general category, but cleaning products can actually be a niche as well. So if you think of, um, if you think of, uh, um, if you think of like, what is that? So right now, you know, we're in the pandemic kind of thing. So if you think of PPE, right? So PPE, uh, protective gear or protective wear. I'm blanking on the uh, on the acronym, but PPE. So cleaning products will be a a niche of PPE, you know, of just general uh, protection gear or protection uh, germ protection. Um, products or um, things like that, right? So um, I don't know that that is that I was I was very confused about that really really early on, but you need a niche, you know. So if you're selling, um, you know, f- uh, a certain type of uh, bass fishing, uh, if if you're in the bass fishing niche, which is, you know. I guess it can also be a general category. Uh, maybe you're selling the worms, you know, you're selling the worms to put on the hooks of the of the rods. Right. So so you have to take a general category and think about the niche or think about different niches under a general category. So like on Amazon, you have the uh, home improvement category. You have the uh pet supplies category um you have the uh 
uh, you have the toys category. And under those categories, there are many, 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 many niches. But there's even niches in the niches, right? So if I'm talking about pets, uh, in the pets category, there may be a niche of, uh, a certain niche in the pet category could be um, uh, dog chews, right? You know, just something the dog chews on, right? But then that, that can actually, that's actually a niche of the pets supplies category, but there's actually a niche under that. There's actually, you know, peanut butter dog chews, right? That's an actual niche in the niche. Peanut butter dog chews is a niche under the dog chew category, you know, and so on and so forth. So you want to find yourself in a niche of some sort. And you want to be in a niche that um, has enough search volume, right? So if I type in dog chews, a lot of things come up. A lot of people search dog chews in Amazon. A lot of people search dog chews on um, uh, on YouTube and Google, right? Um, but how many people actually search for peanut butter? dog chews? That's the question, right? If there's enough people who search for that, then you may be in a good niche, right? So, so you want to find a niche and then if the niche is, and then you want to explore if that niche, um, has a lot of search volume, and not, not only a lot of search volume, but a lot of uh, um, a lot of sales volume. Um, and there's different ways you can verify that, right? So there's some paid ways you can do it, and then there's some free ways you can do it. You know, some of the free ways you can do it is by simply typing in your niche um, into a into Amazon or into eBay or into um, Google, you know, um, and then that only tells you that, you know, it only tells you, it only shows you the results. You don't really, it doesn't really verify that it's some a, a niche you necessarily want to be in um, because some niches could be very saturated. But the main thing is you want to find a niche. Now, there's other things that you need to do after you find the niche but I don't think that's as important yet when you're first starting out. Because the reason why I say that is, is because sometimes the data that you're looking at, especially, especially if it's free data, if it's free data that you're looking at to determine if a niche is something you want um, to, to see if a niche has enough search volume and enough sales in that niche, sometimes that data can be a little skewed, especially if you're, um, if you're not really, some, sometimes the data could be misleading and sometimes you could be looking at the data incorrectly. It's easy to look at the data incorrectly, especially because it's not complete. Okay. Um, just because you type in something on Amazon, just, just because you type in dog chews on Amazon, does not mean that there's enough people searching it. 
It doesn't mean that there's a few people searching it. It doesn't it doesn't mean that there's not a few people searching it. It could be a lot, but you you don't really know, right? But um how do you find your niche? Okay? So I could tell you how I found mines and um there's many ways to do it. So me, I kind of accidentally fell into the niche that I'm in, right? I'm I was doing my Amazon thing at the time, just, you know, looking for products and trying to sell them on Amazon. And then I just happened to ask myself what uh, I just happened to ask myself, does this product sell off of Amazon? And then I did some just some searches, some some uh, I did some searches on eBay. I did some searches on Poshmark. Uh, maybe I did. I don't think I knew Poshmark at the time, but I did eBay. I just looked at it. Um, I think I did Poshmark. I think I searched on Poshmark. I just looked and I saw people selling the product, but um, but I I I saw people I saw people uh, selling the product, but I didn't see a lot of people selling the product. I actually only saw like one main person that actually sold a lot of um, the particular brand, not just the product, the the brand that the brand that I'm talking about has many, many products. So I didn't really see much. Right. So so that's why I'm saying um, don't read into it too much. You know, you want to read into it, but don't read it into it too much. The data that you're looking at if it's free data is what I'm saying. Some of the paid data that you can, you know, use, um, they, they tell they tell a better story. But if you're just, if you're just searching on Amazon or something like that, or eBay, that doesn't really tell you a lot, but you know, in some cases it does, it does tell you enough that you need to know. But anyway, so I don't see a lot of sellers, right? Uh, I, I see sellers, but they're not like real sellers, you know, they're just like maybe, um, they didn't seem like serious sellers, you know, but there was one person or one, you know, company or whatever that I did notice they had a, they had a, they had a presence selling this particular brand. And I was like, man, this is crazy. This is, um, I wonder if, uh, if I you know, sold, if I sold this product or, or this brand that I can see similar results. Um, and another thing I did notice was on eBay in particular, um, there were quite a few sellers selling like the, the brands, like best selling product. So if you go on Amazon, like the hottest selling product from that brand was also on eBay by like maybe 10 different sellers, right? So my my initial my initial reaction was, okay, well let me just uh, let me just buy all the things that I see selling and um and see if I can do it too, right? So these are just the same products that are already up um on eBay in particular. And let me just see if I can do it. And um, I did that and it worked. It worked and it didn't work. And I didn't really know what I was doing. 
because I wasn't familiar with the eBay algorithm and all that kind of stuff, right, with eBay. So it worked in terms of, yeah, I mean, you know, I just, you know, bought some stuff and I started selling it off of Amazon. And I did buy some stuff to sell on Amazon as well. Um, but, you know, but, but my whole point is I accidentally fell into the niche, right? Because I was just, you know, looking at different products to sell on Amazon and kind of stopped myself and asked if this particular brand was selling off of Amazon. So that's one way you can find your niche. And that's actually probably a, probably uh, will be a, a common way that people find their niches, you know, especially if they're Amazon sellers, because Amazon sellers, they sell all kinds of stuff. And they have no idea what they're, and they have no idea that if, if what they're selling is actually in a particular niche, they're just kind of looking at numbers and ROI and, and you're looking at all these different, um, you're looking at all these different non-human um, aspects of, 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 of selling. You're looking at all these different metrics to try to make money on Amazon. Uh, another way to find a niche is simply just... Um, Go after what you're interested in. Um, you know, that can work too. Um, but the fast, the fastest way to get started is to see what's, see what's working already. To see what's in your catalog of products that's working already. And to see if you can go deeper. Right? And, um... Uh, see if you can go deeper and and sell those same products off of Amazon. Um, so, yeah, those are a few ways to to find your niche. And the the third way is to the third thing you need to do. So the first two is you need capital. You need a niche. The third thing you need is to be different. You got to be different. Right. Here, here's the thing. So. Um, on eBay. And. Um, I'm kind of. um just give, just give me a quick second. And I'll I'll get to the get to the point. Give me a quick second. On eBay, like I just told you at the beginning, I um, subscribe to a store, and um, a store is something you pay monthly to eBay. eBay gives you certain features and benefits uh, on the platform. All right. One of the things that uh, one of the the features. Slash benefits that I get for the store that I that I subscribe to is something called uh, TerraPeak. So TerraPeak um, is a is eBay's researching tool. You can look at sales of a um, of a, of a particular brand. Um, pretty much, um, you can you can look at you can look up different sales and different data of different listings and different products. Uh, for almost any time period on eBay. Um, if you don't have Terapeak, the furthest you can go in terms of uh, uh, like sold research, like to see what's sold, 
the furthest she can go back is like 90 days. All right. So which is um which is which is pretty interesting for 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 a few reasons, but um where I'm going with that was is now that I have Terapeak, I just wanted to kind of reverse engineer what I've been doing in a sense. Um, so I, I, I go on Terapeak and I type in the brand um, that, I, that I mostly sell and uh, typed it in just to see what comes up, just to see what the data looks like, um, to, to try to explain to myself, I guess, um, to try to further explain to myself, I guess, why I am seeing certain success and, um, you know, and, and how I can further, how can I see more success, right? So I type, I type, the, I type the brand in, I type in, uh, you know, sales for the last, like, I think 90 days or something like that. And it tells me how many sellers um, have, you know, have listed and sold this particular brand's products. And that number was, um, that number was like 228. All right. And then I think I was, I mean, I think I was, uh, I was able to narrow it down because there was 228 sellers who were, who have sold, um, that brand's products in all the conditions. So whether it's new, used, whatever, right? But you can narrow it down to new. And I think when I narrowed it down to new, um, the number of sellers were uh, like 74, you know? So there are 74 sold, uh, there, there are 74 sellers who have at least sold one product at least during that 90 period, um, that 90 day period in new condition. The total number of sales, the total number of sales for that time period, like 90 days, um, were about 300 and, uh, like 31, it was like 330, 350. And, you know, I sold about a hundred and thirty, a hundred forty, a hundred thirty, hundred forty of those sales were mine. So I'm like, huh, that's that's very interesting, right? That's very interesting because if I were to see that, right? If I were to see that number, the 228 sellers, and then narrow it down to 74 sellers, and then see the total number of sales, which was three hundred. In something, if I were to see that before I ever got started, I don't think I would have started with that with that particular brand. You know, I don't I don't think so. I don't know. You know, so basically, you know, I have over thirty percent of the market in that particular brand on eBay. I have I have over 30% of the market each month. You know, uh or at least for the past couple of months. Um 
And um, so I thought, I thought that was interesting, right? So yeah, sure, yeah, that made me feel a little good that you know I have a presence on eBay. Um, but 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 the thing is, the the whole point in this third uh, in this third need in terms of being different is I'm different. I I can't really say if that's the reason why I hold 30% of the sales um, during the particular time. I think I did it over a 30-day period, not a 90-day period. I did the uh, research over a 30-day period because um, that would make sense. Over 90 days, 330 sales of that particular brand Um it's, it's, it's about 330 sales a month of that particular brand, um, which, which isn't a lot. It's not a lot. It's, it, it really isn't a lot. I typed in some other brands that I'm looking into, um, looking into getting in, look to some other niches. And, you know, they have the numbers are higher all across the board, just number of sellers, number of uh, number of everything. So I'm, I'm kind of. Um, I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of really uh just just uh, contemplating and thinking about um how I'm going to jump into those niches but th- but the main thing that's on my mind is differentiation, right? That's actually the factor. I think the factor is differentiation. Like like I said, if I did if I saw those numbers before I got started, I probably wouldn't have got started selling that brand. Because um, because of the numbers, but if you jump into there with some differentiation, you may be able to capitalize. You may be able to kind of just you know carve your carve your own space into that niche because you're different. So what do I do different? What do I do different? My main thing is, and this is something I discovered. Um, somewhat early on well actually yeah no very early on was that in the particular niche that I'm in sometimes um the products are um sometimes the products are a little bit different than the stock photos right so you can see a stock photo of one of these products and then you purchase it and it could be a little bit different. It could be a little bit different. Uh, maybe because of stock, maybe because they just, um, you know, uh, they want, I guess, wanted to shoot the best. They wanted to, you know, take pictures of the best different angles or something like that for the stock photo that it doesn't really highlight um you know, it doesn't really highlight the product the way it should. This is not with all of their products, but, you know, quite a number, quite a bit. And I learned this lesson uh, when I, you know, I, I, I remember this. I had a particular product that I sold on Poshmark. And this is at the very beginning when I was just kind of testing the waters out, trying to sell this brand on different platforms. Um And, and and it just didn't dawn on me, you know. I just I just I just you know took the stock photo, 
put it up on Poshmark and, and uh, you know, wrote my little description or whatever. But then the person who bought it uh, uh, opened up a case, right? On Poshmark, it's called open up a case. You know, they open a case when there's a problem with the product. And they said, yo, this is different from the picture. I said, oh, it, it just didn't, it just didn't dawn on me, you know, for whatever reason, you know. This is, they said this is different from, you know, from what I had in the photos. I was like, okay, all right, I see, I see. So I need to take photos. So my differentiator is I take actual photos. Now, um, I would say 99% of the products I sell... Uh, from this particular brand are um, are from from me. I, I I did the photos. Okay. Now there's a lot. There's 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 a whole lot that goes into that in terms of time and all this stuff. Like I mean, I was I was that that was really a time killer. It's still um, it's still not a, it's not it's not a time killer. Um, it's not a time killer now. I have built in certain systems in place where it allows me to do things faster. Um, but I realized that in this particular niche, with this particular brand, I need to take photos. And what that allowed me to do is, and, be, and, be, and, and also because of the... Um, the seemingly time-consuming aspect of that, um, it it allowed me to kind of put a barrier up against, you know, my business in a way, because I'm doing something I'm doing something others aren't aren't willing to do, for the most part. So me, I was like, okay, well, this may be this may be an opportunity for me to do something uh, different, obviously, and um, and also w- within the photos, I do certain things differently. I make sure I get, you know, I provide more photos than I probably should, and um, I built a brand, I guess you could say, somewhat somewhat of a of a reputation. I guess if you if you put it in those words. You know, for the for the lack of a better word, reputation. I built a reputation that if you come to me for this particular brand, um, you know what you're going to get. You know exactly what you're going to get. If you follow these stock photos, you don't know what you're going to get sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. Now, um, I do have, I think I have maybe three or two or three listings that, do well with the stock photos and I just haven't changed it. I just, you know, I just restock whatever. Um, I do, I did take some physical pictures, some real pictures of like the, uh, the certain angles that the stock photo doesn't get. But, um, um, but I have like maybe two or three listings that I just don't, it's been working. So I haven't, I haven't changed it. 
So I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm not really good at these photos. I'm not really good at photos. I'm not really. So, you know, I had all these doubts in my mind, like, well, you know, maybe I have to have like a, a certain setup to, you know, make them look, make the photos look nice. I don't have any experience, you know, doing product photography, I guess you could say. And, um, and not only that, like the time it was taking was, was killing me at the beginning. Um, but I just kind of felt like, man, this, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for me to differentiate myself and, and kind of carve out my own, my own thing. And if it's hard, that means maybe I should do it because if it's hard, other people aren't going to do it. And, um, and what I can do is I can build a system around it where uh, it doesn't take as much time or it's not as hard. And I have my own thing going on, my own processes and systems in place where it's like, okay, this is my thing, right? No one knows what I'm, no one knows what I do exactly in terms of how I keep pumping out different listings, you know, um, in terms of how I do this. No one really knows how I do this on a, on a scalable basis, right? So, you know, that was one way I differentiated myself was offering live photos. Now, even within that, I can still further differentiate myself. I can diff- I basically differentiated myself so much, hopefully, that it's just unattractive to even try to copy me. It's just unattractive. Because if you ever take photos of products, you'll realize that it, 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 it's time consuming. It can be time consuming. So, you know. But anyways. But, um... But I realized that, you know, um, you know, these photos are kind of like my little my almost like my assets. You know, they're like they're like my assets because um, some of them, a lot of them, actually, um, I, I'm just, I, I just reuse, you know, because, you know, the products, like I said, some of the products um, with the stock photos, a lot of the products with the stock photos are actually. Uh, different from the actual product, but there's also many, many products that actually just, they, they fit the stock photo. But because I took a really nice picture, a really nice real life picture, um, you know, um, I just, I just took a really nice picture, you know, it, it may seem like a different product, right? It may, it may seem like a different product because I took a nice picture, than what the stock photo would be. So even if um, someone put a stock photo up of the same product, just if you're if you're quickly looking at both of them, you would think they're different products. You know, so that that played into my advantage in the sense that for most of my most of my products, I don't have to take pictures of again for each for each unit. I just basically restock. For some products, I I have to take a picture of. Uh, for some products, I have, I have to take a picture of um, a certain angle because uh, maybe maybe one angle. Um, let me see how I can explain this best. For 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 some of my products, um, I have to take pictures of. Uh, I have to take. For each skill, I have to take a picture of a feature of the product that's actually different from each 
from each unit to each unit, right? So let's say one of the features is, um, um, I don't know, a handle, right? Let's say the handle is on, on this particular product. There's a handle on it, but each product, one is green, one is blue, one is pink. It's the same skew, but each one is, is just a different, um, it's a different color, the handle. So I'll take a picture of the handle, right? But I already took pictures of the other parts, of the other features uh, of that product. So I only need to replace that one picture that shows the handle. So I would say maybe about 30% of my products are like that. Maybe about 30%. Um, maybe maybe at 30, 35%. And what I've been doing, you know, recently is kind of like kind of because of the time that I have to put in to do that, I try to make sure um, my my uh, uh, my time is well paid with the with the with the profit that I that I get from that product. Right. So if my if my, um, you know, profit is, you know, 20 bucks, 15 dollars, which is sometimes which can be the case and sometimes. In, in, in many of these types of products, I try to just make sure it's the higher ticket products that are like that, um, that I focus on, you know, $20 in profit, $15 in profit for maybe about 10 minutes of work, you know? So, um, anyways, so, so I, I figured out a way to differentiate myself. Now, sometimes, you know, uh, Sometimes, yeah, I mean, sometimes you, you, you may not really see a way to differentiate yourself, but honestly, there's always a way to differentiate yourself. There's always a way. Um, and it, it could simply be with, with, uh, with taking pictures of it. It could be maybe you bundle it with something. Maybe you... Um, um maybe maybe you maybe you bundle it with something maybe you take a real life picture maybe you um maybe you offer um quantity discounts maybe you something there's always something and sometimes it's 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 specific to the type of product um, that you're selling, but there's always a way to do something different and try to do something different that actually, um, stands out. And then you basically brand yourself, you brand your, you brand your listings basically with the consistency and the, um, uh, with, with the consistency, the consistency of that differentiator across those, uh, those product listings. And another thing I would say is, uh, I would make sure that whatever you're selling, that the end buyer um, has the option of of buying many, has the option of buying many different products from that particular brand. This may not work. It could work, but this may not work if you're talking about um, a two product brand, a brand that just has two products. Or a brand that just has five products, right? Um, because I can literally just type in that same thing on Amazon. I can find it and I can 
probably find it for cheaper, right? My thing is I sell I sell products that I sell on Amazon, but I sell them for twice as much. I sell them for one and a half times as much. I sell them for, you know, I I, I sell them for more more than more than what they sell for on Amazon. And um, I don't sell as many units as a, uh, someone on Amazon would sell. But I don't care about that. My whole point is I'm doing my thing over here. I'm doing my thing over here, right? But the key thing is there's many, many products from this brand that a customer can um, choose from, right? So that, that, that actually can be a differentiator for, for yourself as well. You may have people selling the products off of Amazon, but they're kind of just like scattered, right? They probably, the, the seller probably has like three or four different products. Maybe your competitive, maybe your comp- competitive advantage or your differentiator is having a bigger option, have, having a bigger uh, catalog, you know, um, where people can kind of go to, go to you and have more options, right? That could be, that could be something that's a differentiator, but there's always something. And, um, you know, it's always, there's always something. So, um, so those are the three things. You're going to need some capital. You're going to need some capital. I would say anywhere between, um, anywhere between 500 and $3,000, you know, and, you know, your experience is going to be different depending on which, which spectrum you're on. You're on the $500 side. You're gonna see. You're, you're not gonna. It's not gonna be as fast paced, you know, because you're you're working with a few dollars. Um, I would say a sweet spot is in between. You know, fifteen hundred to two thousand um, dollars. That way, you can kind of work work with a little bit of volume. And then my last tip, I'll I'll share before before we're getting out of here. Um, this is this is a long podcast. The last thing I'll share is um, you want to uh, don't you want to not be afraid of higher ticket products, even if you're working with a few dollars um, in terms of capital. You don't want you don't do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of working with higher ticket products, please. And it's it's a mistake that I made. It's a mistake that a lot of people make. You know. The thing about the thing about you know having a business off Amazon and and um, and being multi-channel or anything like that is time, right? Because you don't have F- FBA. FBA, you send that stuff up there, and then they do all of that, right? But when you're working off of Amazon, you're talking about managing your own inventory and your processes and products you sell. That that uh, there's a that will affect your time in some time in some kind of way. I do not recommend selling uh, low price things, things that are twenty dollars, products that are like twenty dollars that you buy for you know um, five dollars or something like that or ten dollars or whatever. Um, because if you're, you know, 
if you're not get, getting any help and this is, you know, you're a one man, one woman show, it's better to work with fewer products and make higher sales. So fewer products, higher sales. You know, that is my biggest recommendation. Like I I don't if you if you look at the unit look at the units that I sell, the number of units that I sell, 273 units for ten thousand dollars in sales. That's that's not that bad, right? My average uh my average sales price is about forty bucks. And that's starting to increase actually, because I'm starting to focus in on the the higher ticket items. Um, items that cost me forty dollars and that sell for eighty, ninety dollars. Um, so I'm 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 playing with those uh products and trying to, you know, um test, test the waters with different products like that. And I'm starting to see some successes. And these are uh and, and it's not anything the the niches the niches that I'm talking the products that I'm talking about now, the higher ticket stuff is, is actually a niche within the niche that I'm selling in. So I further niche down. Um, and then I, you know, in the, the same company, uh, that I buy from, they have higher ticket items within the niche that they're in. Right. So, so, um, so I'm testing a lot of things. If you have, you know, if you're, you know, selling, you know, 10, 20 units a day, um of these smaller ticket items, you know, something that's ten dollars that you buy for two dollars or something twenty dollars that you buy for five dollars, you know, it's a lot of work. I'm just you know, but but I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying I don't recommend it. You know, that could be your thing. Uh where that would possibly work for me, I mean I Right now in my life, right now, I, that that wouldn't work for me. But if there was a situation where it worked for me, is if uh, it was very easy to pack and ship, very easy. I mean, literally, I put it in an envelope. You know, it's very easy to you know print out, print out the label. I put it in an envelope, seal it, and that's it. If I have to start taping something in a box or finding a box and and doing anything like that, and I have to tape and move things around, that probably won't work for me because the the amount of work. That that it takes is going to it's going to add up, and um, and I don't think it's worth it. But if you're selling uh, uh, an item for sixty dollars, seventy dollars, eighty dollars, ninety dollars, a hundred bucks, that you know cost you thirty bucks, um, you can you can do more of that by yourself until, uh, before you, before you hire help, you could do more of that by yourself. And I don't want to, I don't want to hire help for a ton of, a ton of work that I, that's just not necessary. It's just not necessary. Um, I eventually start hiring help when, you know, I'm tapped out, but I, but I want to tap my, I want to tap myself out selling fewer products at higher prices, you know? Um, but yeah, but just don't be afraid of higher ticket products, please. I mean, please, 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 please. I mean, I can see why maybe, um, someone has pushback on that, but yeah, the, the few, the, the, like, 
the less money you have, the higher ticket products, the higher the ticket uh, price of the products that you should sell. Now, that's ideal. You know, find somewhere that works in the middle. Find somewhere that works in the middle. But please don't, don't, do not sell cheap stuff. I don't want to, you know, you don't want to sell a lot of, a lot of things to make a few dollars. It's a lot of work. Um, you don't want to burn yourself out, right? But anyways, um, that's what I got for now, you know? And, um, and actually there's, a there's, uh, let's see. There's actually, there's a few things I'm going to bring up on the next podcast that, that, uh, that I think will, will help, will help people out. There's a few things I want to bring up, um, but it'll be on the next podcast. So I think it, it'll help people out, um, to get to their $10,000 a month. But, uh, this episode, I wanted to kind of spend a little time about how you can, um, how you can get ten to ten thousand dollars a month in sales off of Amazon much faster than 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 I did because I was basically uh, you know I was basically doing it from the ground up in terms of making a lot of mistakes and doing a lot of stupid things and um, you know buying things that don't sell <laughs> and um, um, and, and and now that I spent, you know, pretty much a year and a half building up a um, sort of a, a business model, I guess you could say, that um, that I find consistent consistency in. And, that, and, 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 and you know, here's 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 um, here's the last thing, last thing I'll say is. I haven't, this is actually the first time in my e-commerce journey that um, I had at least this level of consistency, you know. And what I mean by that is when I was doing 100% FBA, you have, you really have no idea. A lot of times you have zero idea what your sales are going to be from one month to the next. I mean, you know. I mean, if you've listened to my previous podcast from, from way back, you will see that my sales were different a, a lot. And there's a number of reasons why they're different. It's because, it's because there's factors outside of yourself that are constantly changing. We are an Amazon seller, right? So you have competition. The competition may increase. People might start taking prices or or there may be extra, extra a lot of sellers that come in, that are coming on. Um, it may be because you know products didn't hit FBA warehouse soon enough, um, and, and all this kind of stuff. So even though, um, like, somewhat, uh, I'm not frustrated about being stagnant for these past couple of months, uh, but I'm just kind of like, I notice it, right? It's like, wow, you know, I'm kind of, I feel stuck, you know. Um, it's actually a good thing that I'm able to just find this level of consistency. I mean, there was months I was making, you know, 20 grand, uh, 20,000 sales in one particular month during, um, during Amazon FBA next month, 
doing 30 grand and next month doing six grand next month doing eighth grand and the month after that doing 10 grand and you know and then you know it's just it's just a lot of different things and and and, and the main thing one of the main reasons why you know my sales fluctuated um as an Amazon seller at the time is because you know the products um the opportunities that um um the products that I was selling um I was no longer able to sell again right so I may have a uh I may have a I may have a relationship not necessarily a relationship I may have I may spot a window of opportunity that I'm able to take but after I take that opportunity it's gone or it's stripped or it's stripped from me because you know a particular company doesn't want me to sell their products anymore or all this craziness right so it's hard to sleep at night um there were many nights i did sleep well but it's hard to really see the future um because of all those different factors but i am finding consistency building my own business building my own barriers around myself um selling off of amazon you know so and the only thing, like I have, I, the only problems that I really have are just being out of stock. That's like the really main problem that I'm having, is not being in stock of the things that are selling the best for me, across um, the many platforms I sell on. Um, and then next month I get I get to do it again, <laughs> you know, with, with the same types of products. Um, so you know, it's. Um, it's very interesting. So, but anyways, so I'm going to put a few things together um, for you guys to share with you guys on the next podcast that I, that I, that I hope will be helpful. Um, but in the meantime, you know, like I always say, stay on your grind and keep your mind on success.